and found it interesting that every single time it was, you know, the white person in the relationship who had this very sincere trust that the system would work for them and always shocked when it didn't. Um, at Clayton High School, I really loved writing films and a professor told me that I maybe should think about this seriously as a career mm. and it really changed my life you know I mean it's incredibly formative on top of that you know um, driving back and forth from Clayton to West County every day I had a fair share of my own interactions with police which were never pleasant Shatara Michelle Ford's new film examines sexual assault by looking through the lens of a black woman in a relationship with a white man. The director acknowledges drawing on their relationship with a white British guy and growing up in St. Louis on St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. If you've already watched everything on Netflix and you're sick of the election, the 29th annual Whitaker St. Louis International Film Fest is now underway. It offers a curated roster of movies you can stream from your couch, many of them with Missouri connections. One of those films is Test Pattern. It's a feature film that tackles a serious subject, a sexual assault on a young black woman that shakes her world and puts her relationship to the test. It's a gripping movie with first-rate performances. And joining us to talk about it is director Shatara Michelle Ford. Shatara, welcome. Hi. So this is your first feature film, and it's, it's a very heavy film in many ways. What drew you to this topic? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about consent. I wanted to um, have a deeper kind of nuanced uh, analysis of the experiences of sexual assault, and I wanted to center black women, black femmes. Um, I read a lot about... Uh, rape kits not being tested, the backlog that I think we all know about. Um, but the thing that um, shocked me the most and just kind of my deep research into this is the fact that rape kits themselves are really um, hard to come by in many places. Um, and so you might go to a hospital and they might not know what you're talking about or they might not have them in stock. Um, you might go to an urgent care and they try to charge you, which they absolutely should not be doing. Um, or you might be someone who has experienced assault, rape, and don't even know that um, rape kids are a possibility, that a forensic exam is something that you could do if you wanted. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to kind of um, go through that experience and um, have a deeper analysis of the kind of systemic problems that exist within um, navigating sexual assault and consent. Well, I got to say, this was an eye-opener for me. I honestly had no idea that uh, for a woman who would go to the emergency room and try to get a rape kit to to gather evidence um, proving what happened to her, that these hospitals aren't ready to deal with that in many cases. I had no idea. I did a little research after watching this film. Sure enough, you're onto something here. Um, but, you know, you're looking at these very serious issues, but it's also a very human film. We get to know these two characters, um, and, and we really get to know them in some nuanced ways. And this is an interracial couple. Did you base these two on on anyone that you know, or or were they people that you dreamed up? Oh, well, you know, I think, first of all, I'm in an interracial relationship. I'm married to a a white British guy, actually. Mm. And I think that, um, 
you know, we we see eye to eye on many things, and I think he absolutely understands the experience that, you know, I have navigating life in America. But I think the one thing that really came up, um, and this is honestly around 2014 after Mike Brown was shot. I'm originally from St. Louis. I, I grew up there. I, I understand what it's like to be a black person in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, I don't know, my... I, I've always been very weird driving around the suburbs or driving around in areas that I'm not familiar with um, mm. and engaging with police. And my partner understood that, I think, intellectually, but at times it kind of was always kind of not fully able to believe that the system might not work for me or that I would have this mistrust of mm. something if, you know, I needed um, support. And so that's kind of the little seedlings of how I was kind of examining how um, just location um, impacts how you trust the system, how um, your identity, your sexuality, your gender, your race um, impacts how you trust the system. And so I thought that there'd be really interesting conflicts between just a black or white man and a black woman um, mm-hmm. wanting to explore the healthcare system and um, the justice system together. They're definitely going to come out on different sides on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that came from. Um, also, you know, in the many stories that I heard, the research that I did, I came across interracial couples that um, were navigating something like this. And I found it interesting that every single time it was, you know, the white person in the relationship who had this very sincere trust that, the system would work for them and Hmm. always shock when it didn't. Hmm. That is so interesting. And and yeah, I don't want to give away anything that happens in this movie, but exploring um, sort of how that ends up being a fallacy. uh, That's a big part of where this movie goes. Mm -hmm. I have to ask, though, you're talking about growing up in St. Louis, and clearly that shaped um, how you're approaching these issues. You ended up setting this film in Austin, Texas, and it... it, um, it evokes Austin in such particular mm-hmm. and subtle and smart ways. I used to live in Texas. I felt like I was in Texas when I was watching this <laughs> film. I was actually shocked to find out, no, you don't live in Texas. You live in Philly after growing up in St. Louis. What made you decide to make this a Texas story? Well, yeah, you know, I, first of all, if I could have said it in Missouri, I absolutely would have. Mm-hmm. I think that as a first-time filmmaker, um, you are going to, for some independent filmmaker, I should say, you're going to make your project in a place where you have connections and access to resources. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, St. Louis was not a place where I could easily mount up the type of production that I wanted to quickly. Um, whereas I had spent time in Austin, I had quite a few um, friends in Austin, and um, Austin's an incredibly filmmaker-friendly city. Mm-hmm. Um, and what also worked in my favor is that I was having a conversation about kind of race and class that I think actually mirrors St. Louis in a lot of ways. And so what I, I thought that it could be a very good kind of comp in a way. Um, so I felt like I, the things that I experienced and I was analyzing, um, having grown up in St. Louis, um, I could definitely, um, you know, explore that in Austin as well, hmm. especially on the front of just like policies. I think that, you know, Texas has their own culture of uh, some pretty strict and conservative um 
reproductive asset access and bodily justice policies. And Missouri does too. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think we all know about, you know, um, the conflicts that surround Planned Parenthood being one thing. And so um, I thought that in those two ways, that was a really interesting dynamic that um, Missouri and Texas share. These are liberal um, cities in, in red states, mm-hmm, setting it in absolutely. Austin. Um, we're talking to Shatara Michelle Ford. Her film is Test Pattern. You can watch it at the St. Louis International Film Festival. I recommend watching it. Shatara, I want to know a little bit more about your background. I'm now super intrigued after talking to you and, and watching this film. I understand it isn't just that you grew up in St. Louis. You grew up in, in some of its largely white suburbs. You were in Clayton, and, and then your yeah. family, I understand, is still in Creve Coeur. Uh, what was that like? Um, you know, uh, I think it it was completely formative in the way that I, I view the world. I think that coming from St. Louis, you are, no matter where you're from, I think you are someone who thinks about race a lot. You know, St. Louis is an incredibly segregated city, as well as our, you know, inner and outer ring suburbs. And I think that um, I had the unique experience of being a black person, um, going to school in Clayton schools, um, but not being a part of the voluntary student transfer program. Mm. Um, my family moved to St. Louis in 1988. I was a year old. Um, and my dad um, was a teacher at Clayton schools. And that's what allowed me to um, go there. Um, so I got to see a lot being, you know, a lower middle class kid, um, you know, not from Clayton, but also not from the neighborhoods that were um, busing students in, I got to see a really, like, um, hyper, um, I don't know, uh, microcosm of kind of the class politics and racial politics that um, shape St. Louis on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was hard. You know, I graduated in 2005. Um, in 2004, you know, we asked really big questions about um, if we were going to continue the voluntary student transfer program. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't look like it was going to happen for a while. Um, and we know that there have been lasting impacts of that decision from, you know, over 15 years ago now. Um, I was heavily involved in, you know, questioning that. But I also um, recognized that, you know, Clayton absolutely had a problem with um integration and like true um parity um and you know racial justice and social justice work needed to be done Mm -hmm. i think that even now conversations about race in clayton is not um anywhere near um where it needs to be Mm -hmm. um my younger brother graduated from clayton um i believe in 2016 um, and, you know, he's still very, very, very active in um, challenging the Clayton School District to recognize, um, you know, some of its failings. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's incredibly formative. On top of that, you know, um, driving back and forth from Clayton to West County every day, I had a fair share of my own interactions with police, which were never pleasant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to ask you one thing. I mean, I know you studied race and politics and sociology. This was at Pitzer College in California. It sounds like a great path to academia, being a college professor. Um, yeah. What made you decide, yeah, I'm going to make an independent film instead at, at great cost and, and a ton of work. Uh, I want to go this route. <laughs> you know, I, I almost even got my Ph.D. It was like a, a 
very quick change, um, you know, a few years ago, I'd always loved movies, always, always, always. Um, you know, my family were the ones who um, every Friday night, you know, we would go to West Olive 16 or Creve Corps 12, sometimes the Esquire, um, and see a film. Mm-hmm. And I... I never really thought this is something that I could actually do. And it wasn't until um, college where I was, you know, studying political science and sociology that I started taking a few screenwriting classes. I'd done a screenwriting independent study um, at Clayton High School. I really loved writing films. Um, I thought, you know, I had some open time. I would try it again. And a professor told me that I maybe should think about this seriously as a career. Hmm. And it really changed my life, you know. So I um, got an MFA in the UK um, in screenwriting and still was flirting with academia um, and applied to, you know, PhD programs and made a plan to move back to the U.S. and do that. And at the last minute, I was just kind of like, you know what? Um, I think I should actually take this seriously. I think what I actually want to be is a director. And so, you know, I moved to Los Angeles um, eight years ago and, and started down that path. And here today is the result of all that labor. That is Test Pattern. It's a great movie. Um, It's part of the St. Louis International Film Festival. That runs now through November 22nd. And you can screen all of these films from your couch. Go to cinemastlouis.org for more information. It costs just $10 to see this movie that we're talking about. Once you buy it, you have until November 22nd to watch it. So, Shatara, Michelle Ford, um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.